Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. All right, so we're back for another What's Up in the Workplace episode. Lacey, part yep. of Pillow, good to have you back. Happy to be here. Okay, so we are, as we're kind of climbing into the 2019 year, I don't know where this year freaking went. I Seriously, know. it's went so Super fast. Super fast. So predictions are always fun for the end of the year. See if we're right. Yeah. And I guess you can call us out if we're wrong. But um, <laughs> I thought we would basically go back and forth a couple times and just make some bold predictions, maybe hot takes. And I'll, I'll kick things off, actually. Okay. So I have a couple of, of things we could talk about. So I think um, as my number one, I think pay equity and compensation will be at the mi- top of minds for employers because of equal pay, mm-hmm. uh, the laws around pay equity. Right. And I, I think that employers will start to realize that this uh, could get them in hot water if they're not paying people equitably. And they'll probably start to emphasize how they're paying people a little bit yep. more. So doing uh, regular wage surveys and analyzing their staff and looking at all the variables and doing regression analysis around how they're paying people and really looking at demographics. What yeah. do you think about that? I think that's true. I think it has been something that's been on employers' minds because of the, you know, the talent crisis that so many places are are in. So, we've already seen employers have a focus in terms of just at least wanting to try to get to market and I think the difference next year is going to be looking internally and making sure that folks are being, you know, classified correctly, maybe even, you know, companies coming up with bans so that hiring managers have a range to kind of go off of when they're making hiring decisions. So I think it's not only going to be, you know, in order to attract and retain people, but I think, like you said, from a compliance perspective with many states passing equal pay laws um, and those being really specific in terms of, you know, how employers are able to make decisions about compensation, I think it's going to be something that we definitely hear about. Yeah, I think uh, what's going to change drastically, I think, is the access to information that employees are going to have now. Whereas I think employers for the longest time they had all the information Mm -hmm. and so negotiations is a lot easier when you're on one side right and now with with the ability to kind of see like how you stack up against your peers Mm -hmm. in a similar position maybe different gender or or whatever it may be i i think there's just gonna be more awareness right now i think it's good for everybody yeah yeah i do too i think that the transparency around pay within organizations is going to, you know, we're going to see more of that. And we already hear about it. You know, millennials are talking about their pay. And as the Gen Z generation gets into the workforce and we see that happening, I think that's only going to happen more. And that makes these other generations really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that people are totally fine sharing, you know, you know, how much money they're making um, and and how they feel about it. I know. Well, it's because we're part of that generation. It's true. But I just think 
when you when you know how you stack up or where your your prospects are as far as like where you could get to i think you you tend to focus on that and you mm-hmm. can make iterations and improvements to or learn new skills or whatever mm-hmm. it takes to to jump and pay or just to know where you're at right I, that's important to me to know where i'm at i mean that's that constant feedback that we need as millennials yep. <laughs> yeah i think i think that's true but i think employers are going to have to be really careful and thoughtful about how they're making those decisions because yeah. if people are talking about it the organization's going to need to back up that decision making yeah i wonder like so with this pay equity stuff and with the, the law around it. I, I wonder, maybe you know the answer to this, how much documentation is too much documentation mm-hmm. around this? Could you like, if you're truly doing analysis and looking at your entire staff and you keep those records, like what is that? What does that mean long term? Could like somebody yeah. come back on you and, and say, hey, you discriminated. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the guidance that I think we're hearing is that doing the work is a preventative measure. So looking at it you know, in terms of what the market mm-hmm. is calling for, doing that internal pay equity analysis and, and using the tools that are available for that is important. Um, but once you have knowledge, right, as an yeah. employer yeah. that there's a discrepancy, you, you have a call to action. Yeah, so absolutely. if you choose not to, I think that's where employers may get into trouble and hmm. potentially be seen as negligent. Yeah. So that was one. that's my number one prediction. I, I really okay. think pay equity and compensation will be still talked about and i think there's going to be action i do too i so, do too what's you what do you got okay so i don't know if it's my number one but something <laughs> that i think is is uh we're going to hear about is employers choosing candidates because of the way the market is not focusing as much on skills and qualifications but more on fit oh um so yeah. i i think that uh because the market has such a shortage for talent organizations are going to have to get way more creative in bringing talent in. And so finding people that fit the organization's values and culture is something that we can't go without. And so creating training programs, internship programs, apprenticeships to grow talent from within, I think is going to be a push that we see. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is they'll settle, not for, not for <laughs> fit, settle for talent and they'll train the talent. They'll, or they'll train the skills. They'll, they'll develop learning programs internally and get them the training that they need to be competent on the job. But the culture fit is in, and the values fit is the most important aspect. I think there'll be a shift, and maybe it's just semantics, but I think employers have been talking about what they're doing, how you just described it, that we're having to settle. But I think the shift is going to be in this mindset around rather than you know, going out there trying to attract that most talented person that fits all of these, you know, top 10 criteria, I think employers are going to shift in thinking about, we're actually going to go for this maybe junior person and grow them mm-hmm. and teach them and create a program around them um, versus hoping that we're going to get this this superstar that, you know, can do all of these things and they meet all of our, our values. I think employers might try to get creative and, and become an employer where people can can grow and learn. And then maybe those people outgrow those positions and they go on to do other things in other organizations. I don't think that employers will view that necessarily as, as a bad thing. I was just thinking it's probably going to be challenging unless you're you're really developing good interview questions and you're really solid and employer branding to where you can show, showcase your values mm-hmm. and, your, and your team to really attract those kind of people 
so that I, I think that recru- the recruiting becomes all the more important, right? Absolutely. And, and organizations taking the time to understand who they are and what is important to them yes. and what does and it mean to be that. successful. So if you haven't even done that work, like that's the place where yeah. employers might, some of them might need to, to start doing that work before they can even articulate to the market, you know, the yep. kinds of folks uh, that they want. Listeners, go back and listen to Driven by Purpose. It's a, yes. a podcast that I released I don't know, several, it's probably in September or October mm-hmm. or something like that fall? with Sean Bussey of Kinesis. Great podcast. Uh, it talks about what Lacey just said. So yeah. go back and listen. Yeah. So I think that that'll be, be a shift is just the mindset around the types of people that we're looking for and, and shifting that. I think it's players. a good prediction. Yeah. I really am curious in 2019 what the market of employment is going to be. Is it going to be as tight as it is right now? It's the tightest that it's so ever been, tight. especially yeah. in the skilled trades. And yeah. I, have, I have a lot of clients that are in that market. So it's been challenging. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, um, I always like to do analogies based on things that I like. So Basque NBA is, is one of those things. And right now it's like a player's league is what they call it. Mm-hmm. So like players have all the power. It used to be like the power shift was on the owners because they have all the money and mm-hmm. they can make all the decisions. But the, the league is run by really, really famous, talented people like LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, where they have all the power. Like mm-hmm. they have, I mean, they have a cap as to what they can make, but they're, the movement is based on what they want and they can make decisions happen within the NBA mm-hmm. based on because they're so talented, right? And I, f- I feel like right now, like the employment market is a little it's bit like that. Thing. There's really, really talented people out there and then the, the, and then you have a big pool of the rest. Yep, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think what your point is, is like, let's, if we could attract those rock stars, let's, let's do that. Mm-hmm. But the mass majority of them, let's just find the right fit right. and then and then try to fit the right people together so we're a really effective team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and if by 2025, I think is the statistic that more than 50% of the workforce is going to be millennials and, and Gen Z. So these are people who, you know, particularly for the, the younger folks, mm-hmm. they don't have the experience. They don't have the qualifications. So creating a an environment that you know, boasts learning and training and development, you're going to have to do that because your skilled workers are retiring and the amount of time that you have to get people up to speed, it's now is that, you know, those moments are now. So I, I think that's why employers are really going to be focused. I like that. That's a good one. Okay. My number two is, and, and my last one, I think, um, employees will continue to push employers to do the work from home thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it remains to be seen how it's all going to play out. I think because of the technology we have, I think the case, the case is strong that, Hey, we have, have everything I need to do my work from home. I think the question is how do we measure productivity? And Mm -hmm. and I, I would, my answer to that would be, well, it's always based on results, right? Like you have a scope of work that you have for your position, whatever your job description is, and it should be written in a way that's results oriented. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing the work and you, you accomplish that and go above and beyond, then by all means work from home and you, you deserve to, but for the rest who are really task oriented, I don't know. I, I think the work from home thing becomes tough when you you're a ta- you're essentially a task rabbit or right. And and there are some jobs that can't be done yeah, from home, exactly. right? So I think I think you're right. I think just finding creative, flexible work arrangements is I think it's a good prediction. And I think employers might even look at how they can 
provide flexibility to positions that can't be done from home. So things like flexible schedules because of traffic and and commuting, Mm -hmm. um, trying to find arrangements for people so they can work split shifts even. Like I think that employers are going to look at that because, again, there's a shortage of talent. And so if we're going to be able to be competitive, they're going to have to do that. Yeah, I I think the pressure will be on employers to mm-hmm. figure out something because it, going back to our our last your last point uh, about talent and all that, if that's what people want and you have to attract and retain people and they want to work from home, they have the power to right. basically shift the way you're thinking as an employer. It's funny. I was just before you came in here and we started recording. I was doing some analysis for our what people want our annual what people want from work survey, and I was like looking at comments from people and trying to develop themes and and uh we have some rankings based on like what people want like compensation or benefits that always shows up right flexibility is like flexible schedules is like one of the i think it was number two overall yeah compensation is always number one of course every year after year compensation is always one because everybody thinks they're underpaid but flexibility in your schedule and i'm i'm like looking at some of the manufacturing clients where it's Mm -hmm. like they're literally having to be on the floor. Yes. But as an employer, you're like, okay, well, you can't work from home. But yeah, maybe four days a week you can work or, you know, extended hours and or f- split shifts like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a lot of creative things that employers can do. And I think as, you know, people keep talking about working from home and flexibility, you're going to have to do something. I think so too. And I think your point about having job descriptions and KPIs be result focused is so important. That's the only way to measure productivity. And um, I think in years past, it's been, there's been a focus on just listing all of the things that people do every day, but shifting that maybe to be results focused um, will help employers to be able to measure that productivity. You got any other predictions? Are we good? I think just, and this sort of lends itself even to the some of the work from home, is just the usage of technology for people to be able mm-hmm. to do their jobs better and easier and more efficiently. I know that we are always looking at that even here internally as an employer. How do we help employees and just improving the employee experience? And you can do that through technology. So I think next year we'll continue to see Things like artificial intelligence and how, you know, HR departments are using that and just a focus on technology for employers, I think, is going to yeah. happen next year. I agree. The only thing I want to say in response to that is make sure it's the right technology for yes. you. We've and talked about that, yeah, I feel like, before I in a think podcast. That, I, I think so. Because I think, like, there's it's ubiquitous right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's so many options out there. And I think the ability to make the wrong decision is so easy now. Right. So you have to really put a lot of thought into, like, okay, what kind of cold culture do I have? Is this the right fit? What, you know, how do people want to communicate? What's the user experience? And what's like? the problem that we're trying to solve, yeah. right? So just throwing technology at something and not doing change management around yeah. that. I think, you know, for the listeners that are in HR, being, you know, a champion for change and really understanding what is change management, that will be really important as employers implement new technologies, new policies, um, new ways of thinking around how to be an employer of choice change management is going to be really important. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, well, this is fun doing the yeah. predictions. I, I will say this just based on the technology stuff. This is really exciting. So if you have an Amazon Echo or Alexa app or a device in your house, you can say, Alexa, 
play the human resources for small business podcast. Really? And it'll play. It'll play. So That's and, awesome. and now I'm trying to work it out with our our distributor of um, of the podcast where you can actually say the episode number or the title. So you could say play what's up in the workplace from the human resources for small business podcast and it'll come up. That's awesome. So listeners go try that out and let us know uh, how it goes. Let us know how it goes. If it's, if it's not working properly, let me know, go give us a review. Let Lacey know our, you know, the predictions spot on mm-hmm. are they wrong or other ones that you have yeah, too. What are We'd your predictions? Love We'd love to know that you can follow us on, on LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm on Instagram, all that, all that stuff. But Lacey, thanks for being part of the podcast. Yeah, today. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.